When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to D&D Indeed, the Dinner Party Role-Playing Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Gressel, and with me today is Joel Arnold. Hey! That was weird. I'm a fun person. <laughs> and there's only one of me. That was odd. Yes. We've, we've done this before. We're, you and I are here. What did I say for the table for two? Fun oh. person? Yeah. Yeah. But it's different because we're going to play this time. We're going to play the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, listener, we're going to try something a little bit different here for in between seasons two and three, uh, where there's not like a huge shift like there was last time. Nobody's multi-classing. So, uh, we don't have like a, a ton of character stuff to go over. And plus I really wanted to keep, uh, playing the game. I, I really liked season two and where the story and stuff was, and I wanted to keep moving forward. So we're going to do these little separate adventures, uh, that are part of the story, but they're not season three. So this is going to be a little interlude where we're going to have these little mini adventures. And part of it is, again, because of people's availability. Uh, but part of it is, I think it's just going to be a fun way to explore the characters actually within the story. So instead of Joel and I just talking about Juno, we're going to let Juno talk for himself. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Inside the actor's studio with Juno. <laughs> let me talk to Juno Greenpoint. So yeah, so this is going to be a, a weird experiment where just me and Joel are going to yeah. sit down and play some one-on-one Dungeons and Dragons. I've never done this before. Uh, yeah, well, you were excited about it when I pitched you the idea, like you found something that you were into. Yes. And now I'm excited too, but I'm also more nervous than I've been playing here in a long time because I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, yeah. This is totally different because this isn't a continuation. Well, it's you'll find out uh, of what's going on uh of where you were uh you don't know yet where we're going this is something yeah yeah oh i wish you could see his face uh. so uh so we're gonna do we're gonna do this uh little interlude here with with uh juno uh next week we'll we'll have a different fun adventure and then uh and then we'll go forward from there but uh i hope you enjoy oh should we mention the cake Oh yeah, yeah, we totally should. And then we, <laughs> so so uh, I didn't make dinner tonight because because uh, this isn't an official like journal entry uh, adventure. This isn't like the next arc or anything. So, but we do have food. So Joel brought. What did you bring, Joel? I brought Trace Leche's cake, and this is from uh, Copelia's Bakery here in Los Angeles. And uh, it's very, very good. Not it's some fantastic. <laughs> yeah, not something I have a, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Not something that, yeah, right. The true trial would be me <laughs> trying to digest that cake without lactase enzymes. Oh my god! Uh, yes, we are having some Trace Leches cake. Uh, 
we were i think we were on the same wavelength earlier because yeah because i messaged joel like oh i thought about making tres cake but i didn't have time yesterday and he was like oh i'm gonna pick some up from the store <laughs> so yeah uh great bakery very good cake uh i'm ex- i didn't eat all of mine yet because the sugar i think wouldn't prevent me from playing the game um but i'm excited to dive into that later it was delicious the bite that i did have uh and very appropriate for juno yeah he likes milks of all kinds if they come in three uh even better are you ready to get into it yeah all right so when last we left juno mm-hmm. you guys had finished up your quest in raven's crest and you are heading back the the five of you heading back to Night's Pass to regroup, um, to check in on your mansion, presumably, and also try to change Fletch back. Yeah, Fletch I would is, like to do that. Yeah, Fletch is still Rupert, and you have the lead uh, that Navia may be able to help you with that. But you're not yet there. You're in between. You're somewhere in the, in the woods uh, between Talon and the Moonshadow Valley and Night's Pass, and you have... Come to the end of the day, everybody is exhausted. You need to rest. Yeah, we're, we don't have butter. We're no. not riding in comfort. No, and uh, you were unable to uh, travel up the river. It would have been upstream. Uh, so you are making your way over land. It's slow going. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not fucking with upstream. If we can't do <laughs> It worked the out so well before. last time. Yeah. Uh, so you have decided to rest, and that is where we are leaving you. Everybody uh, has gone uh and settled down for the evening and juno has drifted off to sleep and that's where we're going to pick things up Oh, okay you have been asleep for a bit uh you you've been fairly comfortable your journey so far has passed without incident everybody feels pretty safe in these woods you're not too far uh from like the borders of the Moonshadow valley you're actually not too far from where the Halflings Grocer Guild has their farms and things oh so you're you're near friendly territory um, and you're, you feel pretty secure with the beacons restored that once you cross that border, uh, you're in good shape. So everybody's, you know, kind of let their dark guard down a little bit. So you're getting a pretty good night's sleep. Good, good. Then suddenly you're roused from your slumber by what sounds like a deep horn blast, like a deep resonant long horn blast off in the distance. One blast? How many blasts? One so far. One, one long one. Okay. Uh, Juno wakes up. What does he see? Uh, you see everyone else, uh, around you asleep, even, even Fletch and, well, Rupert and, <laughs> and Zabbis. Everybody is unconscious around the, around the campfire. Oh, okay. You turn in the direction of the blast, uh, and there's a faint light that way. What vibes am I getting from this light? It's kind of drawing you near. You're, you're curious about it. There's an overwhelming curiosity. Hmm. I am curious about this light, but uh, I'll I'll do an uh, let's see investigation check. Sure, yeah, I want to know what this light's about. Twelve. You're unable to discern the source of the light, um, but it's it's deep, and it's penetrating through these woods. It's not morning. It's not coming from where the sun would be coming from, and it's not coming from where the moon would be either. It's something else. Hmm. And you find yourself taking a step towards it without even realizing it you're 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 that drawn to it it's almost subconscious well this this light just seems you know pretty great i want to know more about it want to get to know it i don't 
I don't necessarily want to share it with the team yet. And and it's just a light. What could go wrong? <laughs> so why not? I don't need to wake them. Hey, they're sleeping. I don't need to wake them up. You move toward the light? Yeah. Okay. You move toward the light, and as you get closer, it gets brighter and brighter, and it's more all-encompassing uh, to the point where the thick trees, the, the trunks of the trees themselves almost distort to where they look thin, that kind of thing, where there's such a bright backlight where you can't really see the shapes of the things in front of you. And it just keeps getting more and more like that until you pass through a thicket where you have to almost feel your way through it. It's so blinding. Uh, And then you come into a brilliant, sunny pasture. It's rolling hills. It's deep greens. Uh, It is idyllic in every sense of the word. this This is like the box art to Sound of Music. It's everything you could want in a pasture. Does it look familiar? It doesn't. It doesn't. You feel oh, like it's familiar. Yeah, but real, this is a place that you have never been before. Real sense of deja vu. Do you say that out loud? Yeah. When you say that out loud, there is a large <laughs> clap of thunder. Ooh. And the sound of uh, hooves stampeding as if there are many, many beasts. Okay. Yeah. Juno looks around for the hooves. And you can't see them. You can't see them, although the sound is getting closer. And then it seems like the sound is coming from every direction. It's just countless, countless animals that are, that are just parading towards you. Juno draws Fletch's sword. <laughs> and then uh, you look up and you see finally, it's weird because it's about 50 feet off the ground. There's this dust cloud as if there's something walking along the ground, but it's not. It's walking through air. And this giant bovine creature appears in full stride oh hello is it the is it the great heifer <laughs> and it is the great heifer ah great heifer dare not speak to me mortal oh this is a different vibe okay <laughs> okay you who claim to be a cleric of my faith a false preacher whoa 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 great uh, uh, all, all praise and, uh, and honor to you, great heifer. Uh, I, I have, uh, how have I offended? I, I thought I've been doing a good job of, of healing. Your people have let the old ways lapse, and you are just the latest installment in this horrible offense to my service. Uh, gr- great, I mean, oh, uh, boy. Uh, well, to be fair, great heifer, you, you were kind of a myth for a long time. I, you gave me the powers. I thought we were at a good place where you knew me. I thought I knew you. I was just gonna, you didn't give me a lot of specific instructions besides like heal. And I thought that was your whole vibe. Powers were offered and powers were taken without the necessary tribute. Uh. You know not of the true meaning of these powers. Well, I'm, I'm very willing to learn. The rites were not performed. Okay, I can. I, I'm, I'm willing to perform the rites. Um, what is the first holiday of the Great Heifer religion? Well, well, I mean, there's there's Bestiamosa. Uh, that's when in spring the cows are herded from their winter pastures in the milder valleys to the summer pastures in the mountains, and you know there was a big parade. We're very happy to see them off. That is the action that you perform in your mortal world, but what is the true meaning of this holiday? Uh... We will find out! And then there's a big poof. Okay. <laughs> there's a big poof, and he's still in the field? No. Okay. You're in nothing. 
Oh, no. It's just black. Hello. You're unconscious. Oh. You're starting to rouse from uh, from an exhausted sleep now. Ugh. I lose consciousness so much. <laughs> In fact, someone is waking you up. Team. Uh, you, Team. <laughs> you feel a hand on your on your shoulder. Someone's shaking you. Uh, against your back, there's there's stone. It's cold. You're, you feel exhausted. You feel physically tired. Your body is sore. It's aching. There's a pain in your side that you didn't have before. Uh, there is the smell, the smell in the air of mm. burning fields uh, mm. and blood and filth. Your vision is coming to, and you see uh, in front of you the person that is, is, is waking you. Juno, Juno, wake up. Shh. Just wake up. You fell asleep. Uh, and you're looking into the face of a soldier that you served with. What's his name? Oh. Not your boyfriend. Oh, okay. Well, then this That's is... a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Donovan. Donovan. So Donovan wakes you up. He's caked in mud and blood. He's got a bandage around one arm. As your your vision is adjusting to the light, you're in a farmhouse in Brixton. This is a this is a farmhouse from your homeland. This is kind of a memory but kind of not. Yeah. Um this is everything feels very familiar to you but at the same time totally foreign. You're you're very disoriented. But this is definitely Donovan in front of you. You can feel him touch you. This isn't a, a figment of your imagination. This is something that feels so visceral and real. And he says, "Juno, Juno, you you fell asleep. Wake up quick." Donovan, I had the strangest... Be quiet, they're going to hear you. And you're looking around and you can see that um, part of the wall that you're leaning up against has been uh, destroyed. So part of this farmhouse is open to the air. You're leaning up against what has essentially become cover. And Donovan is across from you. He's on his hands and knees so that he can stay under this wall. Uh, And when you look deeper uh, to your right uh, into the farmhouse... You can see that there is a whole collection of arrows that have been shot in here, presumably, and clattered against the against the ground. Further in, past Donovan, uh, you can see huddled in the corner in the most covered part of this area uh, is a group of villagers, men, women, uh, mm. children, old men, uh, not, not you know, th- those who cannot fight. And they are going to reach for his weapons. Uh, you find a bow and you find a sword. These are different than the ones that you had on you. Um, so you find a long bow and you find a regular short sword. These are normal standard issue weapons. You have a quiver at your belt. You, you feel around and you feel like this familiar sense of being ready for battle, but in a way that you haven't for years. This is the first, this is, this is like the first time you had to fight. You, you feel like th- these are, these are your original war instruments on you. Yeah. Not the things that you carried with you as a ranger, certainly not the things that you've had with the team. You don't have your Order Galadoy shield. You have everything is standard issue bricks and guard. It's familiar, but, but not too familiar. <laughs> not too familiar. There's just this eeriness that comes over you of like, what is happening? What is happening? You just, was all of this a dream? What is what is real? What is not? Because you're you're back home. Did I Jacob's ladder myself <laughs> into like an adventure with <laughs> with these odd characters who kill other people in the most strange ways? So there's these villagers, and there's Donovan in front of you, and he's like, "Shh, be quiet." I think they're right outside, but they haven't. There hasn't been any activity for a while. I don't know what to do. We need to get we need to get to the rendezvous point and get these people out of here. I don't I don't know. 
What what do we do? You're the captain. What do we do? They just keep coming. They just keep they just keep coming. And he and he starts kind of freaking out a little bit. Donovan, Donovan, and Juno like lays his hand on his shoulder. It's going to be okay. We're we're here in our home, and they they can't take that from us. And we're we're going to fight them off. We're going to survive. We're going to get these people to safety. Can can you see how many there are right now? Let me see. I'll take a look. And when Donovan pokes his head out above the stones, uh, an arrow flies through the air mm. and impales his face. No! No! <laughs> um, oh, no. Oh, he turns, I should have done He it. turns back to you. Uh, he a, does? He does. What? An orcish arrow protruding from his eye. Oh, God. Uh, and he says, they're still out there. And then he collapses into you, dying. Oh, this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> So Donovan has been killed by an orc arrow. You recognize this arrow. This is this uh, is definitely an orcish arrow. Yep. Um, the townsfolk recoil at uh, the sight of another soldier being killed uh, in front of them. As Donovan Donovan's body uh, crumples to the ground, the map that he was holding comes out of his hand, uh, and you can see that there is a crude drawing of the village and a pathway drawn leading to the rendezvous point that he mentioned, where there uh, has been a palisade fort set up. It seems to be a place of strength where people are trying to fall back to. So, what do you do? Uh, how far away are the villagers from Juno? Oh, not far. Okay. Uh, 15 feet. Is there a it's gap? It's a small... There's a gap. Okay. So if he moved over there, he would be seen. Potentially. Okay. He's going to get as close to the gap as possible and whisper, they know we're here. I'm going to go out the back and create a distraction that leads them away. Take this map, head for the safe area, and I will circle back to find you. And he does a a quick toss over the gap with the map. One of the... um precocious, I guess, uh, young girls uh, scurries out and, tr- and tries to grab it before uh, an arrow flies and uh, lands nearby, clanging off of the stone floor. The arrows start to fall in a uh, more regular pattern. It seems that whatever they, whatever reinforcements ha- uh, the orcs were waiting for have come or they have reloaded in some way. And then you see out of your peripheral vision a uh, faint glow about 60, 70 uh, yards off into the distance. And then an arrow flies into the uh, roof of this building and sets it aflame. What do you do? Okay, everyone. Well, the, the idea is... It's, it's, it's changed now. Uh, there are more here. So we're all going to go out the back, and you're going to go first, and I'm going to stay in the back, and I'm going to shoot arrows, and we're gonna, that's what we're going to do. He's ushering them out the back away f- from where he thinks the orcs are and once everyone's out he's going to dip one of the arrows in the flame and then one of your arrows yeah one of my arrows okay once they get out he's going to light one of the arrows from the fire and move in a direction away from them fire the arrow and then try to move back so as to throw them off a little bit okay uh roll an attack roll 
before you do that, mm-hmm. I just want to say how this is going to work is you're just going to do stuff and yeah. stuff's going to happen. Yeah. There's not going to be an initiative role or anything. <laughs> like, this is going to be a lot more because it's not, it's, this is a weird, like, one on one thing. So, like, stuff's going to happen. React to the stuff. You, uh, assume that. W- when you go, it is your turn, and then when you're not doing something, it is my turn. Okay. We're, that's how we're going to do it. 16. You hear a faint cry in the distance as your arrow connects with flesh, and then more arrows return in kind to the spot that you shot from, uh, your flaming arrow having drawn the attention of the orcs, who, of course, do have dark visions, so they are also aware that there is a group of people fleeing from the other direction. What do you do? Uh, I just want to point out that Juno's not super experienced as an orc hunter yet, so that's why he for- doesn't know yet <laughs> that they have dark vision. <laughs> that is the basis of his plan. <laughs> Juno curses himself under <laughs> his breath for yeah. forgetting this important detail yeah. of his favorite enemy. He doesn't know it yet, but also a part of him senses that he does know this from his dream, and how could he have forgotten? <laughs> Okay, so he's going to he's going to run to the group of people and and take up the rear with them and keep keep moving. Your progress is slow as you're leading a group of old people and children uh, through the dark, uh, and they are all scared uh, and tripping over themselves, trying to take belongings that they don't necessarily need, uh, and they're trying to move through the dark uh, away from this now burning uh, farmhouse. And you start to hear footfalls as a party of orcs is descending towards you as arrows fall around you. They are not particularly good shots, so nothing has uh, connected with any of these people. Uh, However, uh, they are getting closer. And now there is a small party of orcs that is close enough for you to make them out. Uh, And they have gnarly looking um, swords and axes. Uh, There's three of them. What do you do? You just... Putting me in a Kobayashi Maru right now. <laughs> Juno's going to uh, make himself large and and wave his hands and say, "Hey, hey, me! You want me? You don't? You don't want these weaklings? I'm deserving. I'm a worthy opponent. Let's do this." You've drawn the attention of the orc raiding party. There's there's a uh, one particular big guy who has uh, what you recognize as several bricks and guard patches. Uh, on a bandolier, kind of. And he snarls at you and roars and runs in your direction. What do you do? Juno's going to also run at him with the short sword and try and go for a sliding leg chop. Okay, roll an attack roll. 14. Yeah, 14 will hit. Uh, Roll damage. 8. You get a good chunk of this orc slowing its de- slowing its progress down and get the attention of its companions who in turn will take swipes at you. Uh one of them crits, the Great. other the other misses wildly, but the damage rolls are terrible. Take 7 damage. What number am I starting with? Do I have my do I have my level? You have your current level oh, hit good. points okay. in in so so far as you can tell. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. This blow does not hurt you as much as it would have back then. Yeah. Um, so there's something kind of there's a disconnect there in your brain of like this this should have hurt more, but you you managed to turn in a, in a quicker way, a more experienced way to try the the blow becomes glancing. What should have hurt you significantly becomes a glancing blow. The one that you hit uh, wheels on you and turns its big axe in your direction. Uh, does a twenty two hit? Yeah. And it gets you for 11, hitting you squarely across the ribs. 
uh, in that, that, that pain that you felt before now is excruciating. You can feel that reverberate all throughout your body. But you notice out of the corner of your eye that the more you engage with these orcs, the further away the villagers get. What do you do? Let's keep it up. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a party now. Let's, <laughs> let's keep at it. Yeah, he'll attack the closest, the closest orc to getting past him. Great. Okay. With, with his sword. Twelve. Twelve's not going to do it. You miss, and that orc is going to keep moving forward. It's now ten feet away from you. The other two are going to attack you. Uh, one of them hits. One of them misses. Take another uh, eleven uh, from the big guy with the big axe. Okay. The big axe guy. With this sort of consciousness that's of two different times right now that he's dealing with, he's wondering whether he has powers that he wouldn't have now, but for some reason he thinks he might. He's So he's going to try and send a guiding bolt at the one that's farthest away headed towards the villagers. So he's firing an arrow at it and if it worked a flash of light would streak towards it and that would be a, a ranged spell attack with radiant damage. This is a cleric spell? Yeah. Roll an attack roll see okay. if it works. Uh, 22. There's this blinding light that appears from the arrow, something that you did not expect to happen, and it obliterates. Oh, shoot. The orc as it makes contact. There appears to be this kind of force of light, this this inexplicable wave of something that pushes the villagers further away. They, they almost kind of bubble out, uh, gaining another 20 yards from where they had been. Uh, they are now further from the orcs than they were before, and the arrows are now falling harmlessly uh, short of their position, and they continue uh, on their way. What do you do? I think uh, Juno, for a second, both th- this w- what he was able to do makes sense to him, but also what he saw happen to them is surprising, because in this time, he's heard rumors. You know, the Great Heifer was essentially a like a thing you'd invoke, but the holidays and and worship of it are just cultural. Like they're not like no one really and, I mean he didn't grow up with any zealots. No one really believes in like a physical great heifer but since like the war has really kicked in like, there have been rumors of miracles and people talking more about the great heifer so like this this makes sense with other rumors he's, he's heard about like orc raiding parties vanishing and, and yeah it, it's, it's miraculous to see. Um, he will try he'll try and finish off these orcs because he doesn't want them following because they could catch up pretty quickly the orcs while you're stunned in looking at your uh, the result of this shot that that, this inexplicable miracle almost that happened uh, will swing at you but they will miss one of the one of the shots glances off of your armor the other uh, you step aside in a, a move that again is beyond any skill level you should have at this point you have both orcs now kind of following through on their blows what th- time kind of slows it's very odd uh, Juno will cast fog cloud in not an ability that he has from being a cleric like he has this in the future as a ranger and he'll create a 20 foot radius sphere of fog to try and obscure their view it, it works. The, the fog appears. You hear the same kind of horn blast that you heard before in the woods, before in your, in your dream, because it does feel like a dream to you now. Um, you hear this horn blast, and this fog cloud appears. Um, the orcs uh, disappear from your view. All you can see is fog. 
Uh, you're, it's this dense, thick fog. You're caught in it, too. What do you do? Juno will try and make for the villagers best as he can. Roll perception. 13. Uh, you pick a direction that you best approximate the villagers to be in, and you take off and as you're running. Uh, you... <laughs> Last time I did this, I ended up in water when I just picked a direction. <laughs> uh, and you feel the ground crunching bet- beneath your feet. Uh, it, it goes from dirt... Uh, and grasses to a more well-worn path that you're more familiar with. It's track, cart tracks. Um, you found the path, uh, and you're running, and you reach the end of the fog cloud. And you can see ahead of you the villagers, and they are they're gaining ground on you. They're moving faster than they mm. ever should be able to. And you also see coming the opposite direction other members of the Brixen Guard uh, with bows in their hands, and they are coming to aid you. But behind you bursts through the fog uh, the two orcs who are giving chase. Uh, one of them throws an axe at you and crits. Oh, okay. Well, one asshole. Take 18 damage as an axe embeds in your back. Uh, and you drop to the ground. Yeah, that's that's a hurt. That's a hurt. And he's, he's going to just fire the bow he's got from right there at that orc. Okay, disadvantage since you're on the ground and yeah. you're trying to fire a bow. Well, I got a... Oh, wait. That's a, it doesn't matter. It's a net 20. I got to roll again. <laughs> yep. 16. That'll still hit. All right. Roll damage. That's how it works. <laughs> That's the next part of that. <laughs> it's been a bit since we recorded. Yeah. Seven. Okay, you shoot an arrow from from the ground uh, almost out of desperation and as the big axe man is rearing back uh, to deliver a death blow to you you catch him in the neck and he drops but he lands right on top of you pinning you to the ground under his bulky weight uh, and you can hear the footsteps of the orcs uh, getting closer but you can also hear the footsteps of your your fellow villagers um, coming out to greet you and and come to your aid. Well, there's this blood that's seeping onto Juno, and you know it's it's warm, and he he's just so revved up from that kill and from the people he's protecting. It it kind of feels good. It's 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 not what he would expect to feel, uh, but it gives him you know new energy, and to try and light the way for his companions he casts light on the orc body and it sheds a bright light in a 20 foot radius and an additional uh dim light for additional 20 feet you do this and the light uh erupts from the body of the fallen orc and it is all encompassing it is beyond just uh the descriptions of the spell it is beyond what you thought yourself capable of even in your dream and it becomes such a brilliant sight that uh, you're unable to see anything else around you. Sound fades away as well, and you hear this horn blast, uh, and you return to the prairie that you were in moments before, uh, where you were standing underneath the image of the great heifer looming above you, Mufasa-like. <laughs> <laughs> and the great heifer bellows out, Now do you know the meaning of bestiomosa? I mean, kind of. Like, that was a nice dream of what would have happened had I had powers, but I didn't have powers then. Like, I've been trying to be really grateful, but y- why did you give me powers now and not a lot sooner when it could have helped more people, helped my family? Like, I'm very grateful. I don't sound like it, but this has been gnawing at me a while. Like, great little fantasy we just had, but that it didn't happen that way. 
The meaning of Bestiamosa is one of protection. Your people long ago would make tribute to me and then lead their cattle from the open summer pastures into the mountains where they could be protected from various monsters and things. It is about the community and supporting the community where the strong support and protect the herd and bring safety to those who cannot protect themselves. We're talking the same language. Uh, yeah, I mean, if uh, that's what I think I've been doing, so tell, tell me what I should do better. You should take these new gifts and use it in ways you could not at that time to protect those who cannot protect themselves, to help communities in need. Yeah, we're on the we're on the same page, GH. What is the next holiday? Okay, uh, the the next holiday is Retorno, of course. That's when they come back. It's it's the homecoming. You know, we bring the cows back down to the winter pastures. We have a big party. There's a beer tent. We we have an orchestra, and you know, I mean, it's 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 autumn. Everyone's kind of horny because the shepherds, they come back to, and there's a lot of romantic reunions. It's a good time. They're all good times. And what is the true meaning of that holiday? Uh, beer, beer, uh, celebrating family coming together. Well, kind of, but not the beer part. Let's find out. And then you, there's a big <laughs> poof. Now, this one's different. Uh, you come to, and it's, it's daylight, and you find yourself riding a horse. Um, and I have the same feelings of this. This is real. What before? This was, is real. Okay. You yeah. you feel very much that this is real, but this is a different kind of thing. This is this is still it's familiar, but not too familiar. <laughs> but you're not yourself. You you're looking down uh, at your hands as you're holding the reins on this horse, and these aren't the clothes that you recognize. There's something um, almost ancient about them. Uh, it's it, me, per- Percival Juniper. <laughs> oh my god. Was it Juniper? I think it was a different last name. Oh yeah, I might have changed it. it um, was, I borrowed Percival from the journalist. <laughs> a lot of Percival. So older. Older. A long there's, time ago. You know, it's a very long time ago. There's there's a, uh, a structure in the distance, a, a small village. Um, these are very old buildings, buildings that, are, that were long outdated by the time uh, you grew up. Thatched roofs. Uh, stone structures that are held together with what looks like mud. Nothing advanced at all about it. They're, the pens and animal pens and things are all very rudimentary. Um, you see a crowd gathered. Mood- moodimentary. Moodimentary. You see a crowd gathered at one of these uh, pens, uh, and there's people who are also dressed very, very primitively. Um, I mean, not not so primitive that it's like cavemen, but this is this is definitely of an age from before your time. But the landscape is all very familiar. They're very agitated. There's something in this pen that they are upset about. And there's there's shouts and there's there's obscenities and and people are waving pitchforks and things. And you're approaching on this horse. Do their do their sentences have like subject verb? Like is yeah, they can speak. Okay, so it's not this like this isn't guttural. No, no, no. Milk. This is this is okay. no, no, no. This is this is past that point. Yes, good. But okay. it's it's before the modern era, and you're riding up to this scene. What's what's uh, as this other person? What's the instinct I have? Is it is it protection? 
Is it curiosity? You you have a feeling of authority. There's there's something. Um, you're looking at what you're wearing, and you're looking at what they're wearing, and there's a definite difference between, um, seemingly between your station and theirs. Uh, you have nicer things about you. You have a horse, and as far as you can see, you don't see any other horses. All the animals. Um, are other cows, of of course, grazing nearby some, you know, free range, but then there are other other livestock as well. As you get closer, you see within this pen, there's something monstrous. They've caught something. Hmm. Yeah, so he rides up and brings his horse to a, a stop, but, you know, doesn't get off. He's trying to see what's in there and speak to them with authority above them. What's going on here? Okay, that's the voice that comes out. <laughs> that's 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 the character. Um, unless you want me to do Juno, uh, you can uh, sure if right. that's what you want to do. What's going on here? Middle-aged man uh, who uh, seems to have some sort of authority uh, turns and approaches you, and he says, "Cow boss, you're here. Thank great heifer, you've made it." Yes, I'm the cow boss, and I want to know what you've got. Uh, we've captured this this creature. He was trying to. Or it was trying to do something to the cows. Something horrible. Clearly, look at it. It's monstrous. We don't have another case of buggery, do we? <laughs> Jesus. We we don't know what its motives are, but it's definitely not good. I mean, just just look at what it is. And you look and you see that there's this... Uh, this creature is larger than a human. It's yeah. about seven or eight feet tall. It has a crooked back. Uh, leathery skin. It's got very rudimentary clothing, something between a loincloth and a toga. Uh, it has long, long, crooked, claw-like hands, but nimble at the same time. You can tell in the way that it's trying to shield itself from the rotten uh, vegetables and things that people are throwing at it. Uh, it has it has very thin, uh, long, dirty-looking hair and and uh, almost um, beak-like face. Oh no! It's clearly afraid. Uh, uh, of whatever uh, it thinks is going to be done to it. And the uh, the man turns to you and says, we called you here because we need a ruling. We need you to tell us what, what we should do with this creature that was trying to hurt our cows, our cattle. Our herd was in danger, clearly, from this thing. And we, we, we need you to take care of it. Cowboss gets off the horse <laughs> and strides up to the fence very authoritatively. So, make way, make way. Reverently, everybody clears the way for you. You, you can tell that whatever position of power that you have uh, within the society, you are very revered. Uh, everybody is moving aside for you. Uh, people are, are averting their gaze out of respect. Uh, not fear, uh, but definitely respect. And they uh, are clearing the path as you move forward. There's a man standing in front of the gate, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, Cowboss, you should be careful. Uh, I, I, I know that you're powerful, but we don't know what this thing is capable of. Uh, it, you shouldn't go into, into there with it. Has it spoken yet? Uh, it, it, just please, just, just uh, P-L-E-A-S, not S-E. Got it. <laughs> uh, it, it. It's just asking for us to stop hurting it, but we caught it in the, in the barns, and we, we, we know what it was up to. Well, it does have some primitive kind of cunning if it's able to speak with you i'm going to speak to it so he goes in i will i will brave this creature to speak with it creature speak with me 
please don't hurt me, please. Well, you were seen with cows, and cows must be protected. What were you doing with the cows? Please, I don't know where I am. I was just trying to... I was just trying to get something to eat, please. Where do you come from, if not here? I, I come from, from mountains, and, and I, I was in mountains in my home, and, and then I was in these mountains here. I, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how it happened. I'm just... This isn't, this isn't where I belong, but there are, there are cows... Well, that is the case. Now, now, speak true, because I have the power to deal justice to you, if that be right. So tell me, if you say, if what you say is true, will you leave if I let you go? Or will you bother more cows? I need the milk, sir. I, I need it for, to, to what? live, and I, ha- I have a, a, somewhere I have a, a, a family. I, I don't know what happened. I, I fell, you see, in, into, a, into a crevasse uh, up in, in the mountains where I'm from. I think you're... People or pe- people who look like you uh, call it husk. It's I I don't know where it is to hear, but but the I please I've been trying to say the villagers there know know my people to be to be good, and they won't mm. listen. Well, look, you see where I'm from. You don't steal a family's sustenance. You don't steal the milk. But if we can send you packing and you'll leave, I will rule that we can send you with some milk, some cheese, some bread, and some butter. Really? And we will escort you to the border, see that you are made safe to leave with sustenance. I don't know how to get back. I, I, I don't know. I'm just scared. Well, a lot of us have frights and anxieties in this day and age. That's normal. But but really, I don't know. How, how, how can I help you if you don't know how to leave? I guess I can leave. I, I just, I'm so far from home and, and I don't know how to get back. And I don't know, there are mountains here. I, I, I thought maybe, maybe I could, I, could, I could make the best of a bad situation and try to make a home here. But when I came down into the barn like I do where I'm from, they attacked me. Yes, we're very much about personal property and not sharing with outsiders. We're we're a little bit distrustful of of beaky, beaky folk, <laughs> beaky looking fuckers. Excuse my language, but hey, hey, townspeople, do you are you listening to this? This is a a pitiful situation that this creature is in. And it can't just be me who decides what happens. I want your input. Will, will you give some of your food to this creature lost, disconnected from its family? Kill it, it's ugly. Well, that's not very nice, Jimmy. Jimmy. Boo. I see you there, Helen. It's gross, kill it. Okay, well, no, no, this is not mob justice. I am cow boss. We'll figure out what to do with you. You can come stay with me. You don't know how, but you you know exactly uh, how to get back to wherever the cow boss lives. Mm-hmm. And you lead this creature. <laughs> you lead this creature away from the mob, who looks very upset that you did not kill it on sight. And you go back, and you find the cow boss's home, which is 
really little more than a wagon. And it's uh, a kind of, it's staked up. You can tell that it's mobile. Oh, okay. Um, It's mobile when it wants to be. Yeah, it's mobile when it wants to be, but it's set up right now kind of on the outskirts of this village. Um, It seems like whatever role this is, is one that moves around. And when you get there, you find in the wagon, uh, you know, provisions and clothes and things, very modest, um, except for the vestments that you were wearing. You find that the oxen that were pulling the cart, as well as a couple other normal cattle that are hitched up nearby, there's a small altar by them uh, that is set up to the great heifer. Uh, and there is <laughs> there is a cow pie burning um, in a speci- in a bronze tin in front of this kind of altar. The beasts of burden are just kind of munching along. They seem very content. And the creature, when you get nearby, sees them and gets kind of excited. Its, it's long fingers start kind of wiggling back and forth. Uh, and it says, please, sir, I, I'm just so hungry. Can I? Please. What are you asking? Do, do you want the sustenance given, given from? You, you're not... You're not to eat them whole. No, no, of, of, of course or not. Or parts. No, no, it just, please, can, can I just, can I please? I'm going to supervise, but yes, you may. Okay, and the creature uh, hurries over to uh, one of the cows, one of the milk cows uh, that you have, and starts to... Oh, let me get you a bucket. <laughs> yes. It takes the bucket uh, happily and expertly. Uh, its hmm. nimble, long fingers uh, work the udders, and in a, f- a faster time than you've ever witnessed, um, the bucket is full of milk. It's richer, and, and there's something special about it almost when, when he hands you the bucket uh, after taking a huge, uh, big gulp himself. Uh, there's something uh, really... Un- unordinary, extraordinary about about this about this milk. It's not what you feel that you had had milked even just earlier this morning. Um, how how can this be? What what? Often people from here forget to ask names. It's a, it's a it's sort of an absent minded trait we have. What is your name? Uh, my name is Briga. Briga. How, how? What experience do you have with cows? You can get this kind of result. Uh, my, my people have, have a way with these creatures. Uh, we have for as long as I can remember, we, we come down from the mountains when the, when the ranchers in, in our home, uh, bring them into the hills, uh, during the summer months. And we, uh, in the, in the wee hours, in the dark times, uh, we'll sneak in and take our small tribute and in turn, uh, leave this as a result. We we don't need much to keep uh, keep ourselves going, and we're happy to give a little bit back. And it seems that the the farmers like it. I never expected to be treated with such hostility here. That's curious. You you and these these other people, possibly like us, like like my kin, you form some sort of symbiote circle. Yeah, I guess you could say that. That's a very normal phrase <laughs> to include in a podcast or a, a movie. <laughs> what is that from? Star Wars Episode One. Oh, Jesus. The Gungans and the Naboo, they form a symbiote circle. Oh, boy. Are, are your people the Gungans? <laughs> no, no. We, uh, we have been called uh, Vitra. 
by by people that look like you. Oh, do you have a, a name for yourselves? Not in a tongue that you can pronounce. I mean, I have a I have a pretty good tongue. And then there's a a, a horrible shriek. <laughs> oh no! Somewhere between a moo and an eagle's cry. Where's that coming from? Are you mishandling the cow? That was just my name. Oh God! Oh okay. All right. Well, well, I can say Briga for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, th- thank you for this bit of wisdom. Not only are you showing us, showing me, I don't think my townsfolk I'm responsible for quite see it my way yet, but it would be very much interesting if we could find an arrangement with kin like you, with people like you who could produce milk in this way for us. Do you think you would talk to the people back at the village about this? Milk and cows are everything to us, and I I know their values. I could make them see reason. It's the next day, and you're back at the village. And the village is assembled, uh, and is the, is the creature with you, or did you leave it back at your camp? Hmm. I think I left it back at the camp so it could be protected in case they were still being assholes. Okay, so you left the creature back at your camp. Yeah, the the animals trusted him, and that's a really strong statement. The village is assembled, and they say, Cowboss, did you drive it away? Did you drive the creature away? Did you kill it? Listen, with with some of you people, things are in one ear and out the other, but that shouldn't be the case now. Listen to what I'm saying. I took that creature, it has a name, its name is Briga, I took that creature to my home. And you killed it, yay! No, 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 I took it to my, you know, the, the, the wind streams through my wagon, took it to my airstream, and let it milk one of the cows there, and it did such magic with that. We must learn from this creature, not shun it. He let he let a monster touch the cows. He's a false priest. Boo, boo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, look. I am your cow boss. That means something. Right? Boo. Monster touched the cow. He let the monster touch the cow. Look, people. We want the best, uh, if you will protection and return on investment on our cows and this creature could help us there's nothing wrong with the creature just because it looks different prove it prove it kill the monster no that's not that's not proving it i (laughs) specifically didn't bring briga here because i thought you would be assholes like you were before it's probably a safe bet yeah good now jimmy yes cow boss what were your milk results last month Oh, I'd I'd say they're they were medium at best. It's been kind of a it's been kind of a slow spring. What if I could promise you double every month? Oh well, that's that's great, cow boss. How what, do we need to make extra offerings? How do we how do we do that? Well, while we figure out how to get Briga back to their home, we let Briga. Uh, t- test case, start with me, you may observe, but Briga, I believe, can double everyone's milk production. And the cow loved it. But, but it, it's a monster. How, how can it do such a thing? Well, it does speak. 
It has words. You said it was saying please to you. So, you know, words are good. You talk, things can happen. Honestly, this is standard stuff for cow bosses, but we, we need more education of everyone in the system. I suppose we we're willing to accept your word, cow boss, if, if you can... If you can prove to us that this monster poses no harm to our, our herd or to our, our community. And to, to ensure that you can trust me, if this goes, if, if this milk goes sour, then I'll resign as cow boss. You can have all my cattles and I will leave this community. That's, wow, really putting it all out there. That's the kind of cow boss I am. All right, I guess bring forth the monster. Okay, well, its name is Briga. Uh, at least you Bring can... Bring forth the monster! Oh, oh, fine. So he's going to go back and then, with his wagon, bring Briga and bring whichever whichever uh, animals is uh, cuddliest with Briga. But best foot forward. Okay, that same dairy cow that, mm-hmm. that Briga had milked before comes with you uh, and him, and he lumbers behind you towering over you uh over all the people there kind of awkward gait big weird arms just horrifying to look at very (laughs) troll-like okay there's gasps and shudders as he approaches the villagers people kind of cower away uh the more antagonistic villagers uh brandish their pitchforks threateningly as they kind of back away and and make way for for you and and he and the cow okay everyone now settle the fuck down Briga is going to do their magic, and you're going to be very happy. Now, now Briga, you have the floor. Please, show us what you do. And also keep in mind, everyone, this is specific to Briga. You, by duplicating this technique, you will not get the same result. (laughs) This is not a learning and then killing session. (laughs) Wow, that last part really, really kind of put me off, but I guess we'll, we'll give it a try. You are under my protection, Briga. You will not be harmed. Briga produces a stool as if out of nowhere <laughs> and sits in next to the cow and milks the cow, as you saw before, with this kind of hurried, almost frenzied motion of these long, creepy fingers. Uh, and the bucket is full once again with this milk that kind of gives off this almost glow. Uh, and the assembled crowd is is shocked. They they can see what was produced with, in such a time. Briga takes a big swig out of the bucket, and this this time Cowboss is going to do the same. And you taste something that you recognize as Juno, not as Cowboss. Uh, this is what you know to be the milk of the great heifer. There is a a healing quality to this. There is a, there is something nourishing about this that you didn't uh get from regular milk you are just so refreshed by it in a way that you never have been before and you turn back to uh the the townsfolk the villagers uh and they can see that there's 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 a change about you it's imperceptible but but they they can they can feel it don't i just have a glow about me I, I it's it's music to my ears. This milk is. It's you're gonna get more of it, and it's gonna be better. Jimmy, the 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 this, the most antagonistic villager, yeah. uh, tentatively steps forward and and reaches out uh, his hands, asking for the bucket. 
Cowboss looks at Briga to be like, is this okay? You good with this? Briga steps forward and he takes the bucket from you and he gives it to Jimmy himself. Okay. He looks down at the at the man who, you know, as a um, pre-modern man is smaller um, than, mm. than the people from Brixen uh, are or were in your day. Um, and so the large creature uh, towers over him especially. Um, but it's not threatening. Um, it's more like an embrace. Uh, there's this gesture of, of giving this monstrous creature is, is putting forth, and he holds out the bucket. Jimmy takes a big <laughs> swig of the bucket, and he feels this energy as well, uh, and he turns and he says, this is, this is great, everybody. This is the best milk I've ever had. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. My, my back doesn't hurt anymore. This is... What did... Monster, I'm sorry. <laughs> Briga. You going, Briga? It, it's okay. I, I'm just happy that I can share my gifts with somebody again. Well, that's very nice of you, and, and to... Isn't this nice of him, after such a reception? I, I'm sorry, I don't know your pronouns. I've been saying them, him, Briga. What are your pronouns? Oh, I'm a him, but thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. Uh, now, Briga, would anyone else like a drink of Briga's lovely milk? See for yourself. Proof is in the pudding. Uh, there's no pun there. <laughs> uh, and all the villagers gather around and they share of the bucket and they embrace Briga. Uh, and then there is a blinding flash of light and you are back in the prairie where you are standing before the great heifer. The great heifer says, Long ago, there were my followers called the cow bosses. And they traveled from village to village, bringing communities together. And you embodied one of them. Did you learn anything, Juno? Uh, yeah, I learned that bird people, uh, instructed my people in how to, well, I learned that my, my people's xenophobia, suspicion of, of other races goes back far. And yes, that is unfortunate. Yes, uh, yes. And that, uh, bird people helped give us the, the nourishing milk that y you bestowed on me did so out of the goodness of their heart when they didn't have to. Communities come from unexpected places sometimes, but it was the cow boss's job to bring them together. Hmm. Would you say I, I'm a, I, am I somewhat of a cow boss these days? The cow bosses have not existed for many, many years. Oh, okay. I charge you, Juno Greenpoint, to aspire to that role of cow boss. If you so choose to bring communities together and to protect families when they are separated from their homes and maybe looking for new families. Well, I mean, that's nice because I found a family, a, a new family, but I just want to return because it's still nagging at me. I, I used to have a family <laughs> and we were separated in the most permanent way <laughs> and you weren't super there for me. So I'm I'm trying to take this in, but I, I st I'm still wondering what the deal was with that. Because you know me. You chose me. You, you chose me now. You're not a god who's off, you know, spinning bottle caps while the world goes on without you. you you're, you're intervening here. And, but, but why not before? Answers will come. Oh, uh, stupid, unknowable gods. For now, what is the last holiday? 
Uh, well, the last holiday, of course, is it's the big one. It's Jorn Muka, the day of the cow, in which, you know, the, the townsfolk would visit the cows. We'd go down to the winter pastures in the valley. We'd, we'd bathe them. We'd massage them. And they'd get all their favorite foods. You know, we'd give them apples and potatoes and carrots and turnips and, and dandelion leaves. E- everything that they would enjoy. And we will find out the meaning of that holiday right now. Oh. And then there's a big flash of light. And this time, you are in the forest of the Moonshadow Valley. You recognize this as the woods somewhere in between Galamathir and the Grove of the Rock, something around there. You're not far, maybe, from where you ran into the werewolves. This is mm. something... You, you, you know these trees. You're outside of Night's Pass. You can okay. feel it. And this is weird, because the previous visions were all in Brixen. This, this doesn't really track for you. And you look at yourself now. You're not Cowboss. You're not young Juno. You're Juno Greenpoint. And you've got the, the build of, of, of a man your age. You have the scars that you've occurred over the years... And you're wearing the armor and items that you had on your adventure. In fact, you have the Scythe of the Times at your hip. Mm. You have the shield on your back. You have your longbow, not Fletch's. Everything seems contemporary. This is, this is something that's, that's very odd to you, that you would be here by yourself, because you look around, there's no, there's no sign of the team. Yeah. 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 It's very strange. It's very strange. It's, an- it's a little... It's, it's, it's curious... It's, it's nice to have the side back, uh, but it is disconcerting because he hasn't been, I mean, this is, he knows this is a dream at this point, but he hasn't been alone truly from the team in a very long time. So it's weird to be in a place where they were together without them. This is odd. There's, there's something, you have a feeling that wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now is odd. Uh, something is out of place. Uh, you're, you're crouched in this thicket. You can tell that Whatever moment you've interrupted, uh, you were hiding. You were you were making an effort to keep yourself unseen. Uh, in fact, you can tell that past without trace is in effect. Mm. Uh, so you were trying to conceal yourself from whatever is going on. You start to hear voices. Yeah, uh, Juno's going to follow the voices just to the range where he can hear them. Okay, you don't have to move far. Uh, roll a stealth check. And remember, you get an extra 10. Plus ten to stealth checks. Twenty two. Chase. Yeah. So you you manage to stealthily move through the brush. Um, you can feel you know your ranger abilities that you haven't felt in the previous couple visions, dreams, events, whatever you want to do. Call I them. sense orcs. You sense orcs. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> oh my! Do you sense orcs? Oh boy. Okay. So uh, the voices you were hearing, in fact, uh, are orcish voices. Uh, you're not far from a group of orcs, uh, and you can you can. In fact, peer through the, the brush uh, to see a small camp of uh, a handful of orcs that, were, that are dressed in the same uh, uniforms uh, from the Grove of the Rock. These, these were Zemembrevrisks orcs, as far as you can tell. They've made a very crude camp. There's one that's injured, uh, that is resting. There's one that's kind of sitting by the fire. And there's one that's standing up, uh, walking around. This seems to be an authority figure of some kind. Uh, and boss. Or boss, um, but that would make the the people the cows. You're you're getting closer, and you can hear they're talking about the the one that is crouched down by the fire that's sitting by the fire is talking. He says, "I don't really like the squirrels, Morg. I don't like the squirrels. There's something weird about the squirrels. So, oh, forget about the squirrels, Dick. There's nothing wrong with the squirrels. On and on you've been going about the squirrels since we left the grove of the rock. There's nothing wrong with the squirrels, Dick. Leave it alone. There's something wrong with them. I I swear they, they I've been watching. They're watching us. They're following us. The squirrel." 
It's bonus. Morg, I swear. Deck, you're seeing things. Come on, we gotta get back. We gotta get out of here. They almost killed us all of us back there. And we got and we got Bong here. And he's all hurt. We gotta get him back before he dies. There's something weird here in the woods. I don't like it. I don't like it, Morg. I wanna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. There's nothing wrong. Come on, give me... You, pick, throw me that nut over there. I'm going to get this squirrel down here. I'll show you there's nothing wrong with the squirrel. He picks up an acorn and tosses it at the guy who's standing, uh, who like holds it up into the tree where the, you do see that there is a squirrel, mm. a normal looking squirrel. Okay. <laughs> um, do they throw it at, at Deck or, or Bong? The nut? Yeah. Oh, no, they threw it at the squirrel? They're, he's holding it up to the squirrel. Got it. Okay. He's like, yeet. Come here, come here, you squirrel. There's, there's nothing wrong. Uh, and you watch as the squirrel reaches for the, the nut with its little squirrel hands mm-hmm. uh, and seems totally normal. Okay. Uh, nothing weird about the squirrel. It doesn't look rabid or anything. Um, but its little squirrel hands, as it's reaching for the nut, start to transform into green-skinned female hands holding knives. And the squirrel transforms into Genevieve Cloudstrike and decapitates the orc. Oh. And there is a flurry of energy that you can barely uh. comprehend. It moves so fast. This green streak of, of just anger and rage erupts through oh. this camp, killing first to the injured one where there's just slashes oh. and orc oh, no, blood no, spraying no, no, all no. over the greenery. Oh. Uh, and there's screams of agony and laughter just gleeful joyful laughter coming from this this woman you once knew juno did not act nearly fast enough but he's gonna reveal himself like now as you do you see the figure that uh that you recognized as genevieve cloudstrike transform once again into the bird that you've seen her transform into before and she flies away with a cry what do you do he's gonna yell after Genevieve, Gen- Genevieve, Genevieve, this, Genevieve, this is bad, Genevieve. <laughs> There's no response and the bird continues to fly away. In terms of what Juno's like temporally thinking, is it fully him of the present where we are or is he also emotionally back where he was in season one, either right after the Grove of the Rock or on the way to the Grove of the Rock? You you are our present time Juno. Ooh, okay. Shit. Uh, they're just talking about. Uh, he, okay. He's 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 really conflicted, but he's gonna go over and just like see if anyone's still alive. The leader one, Morg, appears to be very dead because his head is separated from his body. That'll do it. Yeah, not not easy to come back from that one. Yeah. Um, the injured one also is just torn to bits. There's, there's just, it's just slashes and stabs to where, you know, you, you, you'd be better, you'd, it, you'd have an easier time finding specific organs than you would trying to find something that isn't exposed. Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's play find the organs. <laughs> um, but Deck, the one who was so concerned about the squirrel, when you go over to check that body coughs and spits some blood into your face and is still alive although very very injured what do you do well that's not very that's not very nice to spit blood in in a healer's face uh he's you know speaking orcish sure (coughs) i I got a level with you buddy uh i was one of the people that 
took down all the orcs in the spire, and you guys seem pretty bad because you were there. But I don't, I don't know if it's it's my job anymore to to say that you should die. So, uh, uh, I'm gonna at least get you you healed up, and then maybe we can talk some more. And uh, Juno says, "Say cheese," and he. And he casts Cure Wounds on this orc. And you reach down and you touch the orc for your healing energies, uh, channeling the divinity that you have been granted. And your hands start to glow. This glow starts to emanate into the orc, uh, back up into your arms, and then it spreads throughout your entire field of vision until you are consumed by the light and then you are back into the prairie in front of the great heifer as before. The true meaning of Jormuka is a respect for all life, not just the lives that we think uh, we know or mean something to us personally, but respect for all life. For your people, it manifested through cows, but it was more than that once. It was more than just, just cows. It spread to all forms of life. Respect those. Heal those. Give life through nourishment. Give life through divine magics. Wow. So how how do you settle up with, I mean, the orcs who attacked Brixton were bad. A lot of them were bad. The ones doing violence were, were bad. How, how do you settle up with that and everyone being deserving of, of respect for the inherent value that they have, apparently? I love that you're asking, like, <laughs> just the biggest, like, most, <laughs> like theological questions like <laughs> you might have if the great if the great heifer is all powerful can the great heifer make a keg of milk that the great heifer can't lift like like this sunday school yeah <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got his god right here and it seems you know it's not just like gift time it's question time so uh, yeah why not no, it's perfect i love it juno greenpoint you have learned the meaning of our holidays and why I have bestowed the powers of our faith upon you. It is up to you to become the next cow boss. If you prove yourself worthy, perhaps you will get the answers that you seek. And as the great heifer is talking... Oh, come on, really? You're not, <laughs> you're not gonna... Oh, come on. As the great heifer is talking, you're seeing that the sky is kind of glitching a little bit. And it, it's, it's like digital artifacting, which Juno has no frame of reference for. Yeah. The image of the great heifer itself is kind of distorting. There's uh, a presence you feel very quickly, and then it goes away. There's something that starts to dissolve about this dream. There's something starts to feel not right. And the great heifer says, Come closer, Juno Greenpoint, and I will answer your most pressing questions. Well, good, okay. He goes right up. <laughs> you get very close to the great heifer, and you're in front of this just massive cow head. Yeah. Just huge. It it floats down to you. Its snout is right in front of you and it could just it could easily just bite you in half if it wanted to. It's it's massive. Mm. Much has been taken from you and you have suffered much sadness. That's pretty fair. Yes. For that, the answers are inside of my great mouth. Uh what? <laughs> and it opens its mouth and then this black tentacle erupts from it. Oh, no, no, this is, this is not an answer. It wraps you up, and you're bound by this thing. And the pastoral image around you suddenly disappears. And 
it's just shadow and darkness. And there's this kind of purplish energy that wasn't there before. This is something that you haven't... It's kind of like what you felt when the Jason monster was after you. Mm -hmm. The darkness at the fringes of this is the true darkness. It's incredibly upsetting. Every, Every good feeling that you had had is now gone. And you're left with just the memories of these visions. And you don't know what is real and what was not. But now there is something that is grabbing you and penetrating you. And you feel sadness and and despair and none of the hope that you had when you did see your god well hello darkness my old friend yeah let's do this you wake up and there's something on your face was it like a beard (laughs) no there's some creature attached to your face get rip it off he's gonna rip it off and you can't you you reach up and you're and it kind of burns your hands as you try to grab it um and you hear muffled screams around you of uh, the same kind of thing that you're trying to do as as you as you cry out and you recognize that it's margarine and fletch and there's something going on in this clearing you're back where you began what are you gonna do oh no that's where we're stopping oh no do you want to do announcements yes i do want to do announcements okay. we'll just do them now oh yeah. they're here instead of mid-game they're end Whew. what do you think i had fun uh <laughs> it was it was tense it was uh more dramatic and challenging than i expected but i liked um now i'm having a watermelon (laughs) so yeah so we'll find out exactly what's going on uh, at a later episode but um that was juno's little sojourn into the world of the great heifer so we i i built a little bit of that uh mythology there yeah yeah uh you you and i talked about trying to uh define the relationship to the great heifer more and what what overall the that faith or religion looks like and i'm happy to have been able to do that because i think this will give this will be exciting to see what happens next for juno i was uh really excited to get to do the genevieve scene i've had that scene in my head for a long long time yeah uh she flew away so quickly though oh yeah she's just she's on a mission now is that because you forgot how to do her voice did she have a voice? No, she probably did. She probably did. Yeah, no, not at that point. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we're going to get back into uh, something similar next week, uh, and we'll find out what that is when we get to it. Well, thanks, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at dndndpod and dndndpod on Instagram, uh, or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Patreon. Great, great, great first couple weeks. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, it was so surprising and completely uh, surprising so generous yeah, warm feelings incredibly warm feelings we're we're just blown away by the response um it means so much to us that you guys are supporting the show that way and uh, in addition to uh some of uh dead meats rewards which we're already sharing whenever james shares them uh we are starting to post um character sheets and notes yeah uh from player uh, beth has some margin notes up right now mm-hmm. I think my we'll, character we'll, sheets are coming if you are a patron you're listening to this episode a day early uh but tomorrow or today if you're listening to this as not a patron and then went and subscribed to be a patron uh we're gonna post uh we're gonna put juno's character sheet right yeah yeah so uh it'll change a little bit um once we do the leveling up and things but this is this is the juno's character sheet as it is when we recorded this. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, 
Yeah, and Beth's working on the first recipe card. Yeah, uh, a, a little spoiler, Gressel wrote so much about how to make a pizza. Yeah, I went a little bit overboard, so uh, it's taking Beth a little bit uh, longer uh, to get that out to you guys. But it will be coming, of course, this month, um, and uh, probably sooner than later. Um, and then, so if you were a $10 or above patron, you will get that recipe card. Uh, and in a couple months, we'll have the first shirt out for our shirt club, uh, for those of us who give $20 shirt or club. more, uh, which we have a ton of, a ton of people are, are doing the $20, which is so cool. Uh, I really appreciate all of you who are, who are, are supporting us at that level. That really makes a huge difference in the show. I'm, I'm so excited for, for the potential that, that having mm. some, some funds behind the show will do. So uh, thank you so much for, for everybody who is a patron. Uh, check out Beth's shop. Uh, you don't have to be a patron to support us through Beth's shop. If you want to buy a print of the amazing logo or one of the t-shirts that are currently available, the logo shirt, Gerbert Merbert Realty, or the campaign team uh, t-shirts. Um, I'm oh. wearing it right now. No, I'm not. But I thought <laughs> about wearing it. I almost wore my <laughs> my logo shirt today. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, um, we will get the poll going uh, probably this week, too, for the first Gerbert Merbert Realty uh, decision. If you are a $5 patron or higher, you will get a vote into uh, the first change to the team's mansion. Uh, you will get a little say into the renovations that Gerbert Merbert Realty is doing to the team's, the former Breveris mansion uh, in Knight's Pass provided that they all make it there safely what peril did we leave juno in yeah hope hope he survives a, a face hugger to the face <laughs> yeah and and what else is the rest of the team up to we'll find out but until then uh thanks everybody do thanks for listening to this i hope you enjoyed the episode fun do it's fun do it's fun all right theme song D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold.